Capri! Welcome to episode 133 of We The Gamer Cast. It comes to you on iTunes, Google Play, and mother-loving YouTube every single Monday. Thank you for subscribing and sticking with us, rating us on iTunes, giving the thumbs up on the video. Even if you're listening to the podcast, you can head over to youtube.com slash we the nerdy, give a little thumbs up and a comment. It all helps. I always race through this stuff. I want to get to some very important people. At the start here, Mr. Lincoln. Lincoln is just discovering himself on the screen, and he was just waving a second ago. Uh, Lincoln and I want to thank everybody at patreon.com slash makeusbetter. All of our patrons stick in with us in the month of February. We've got a lot of stuff happen, and amazing things happening. If you haven't already heard, Mark Carabin from the Warp Whistle podcast is joining Make Us Better. It is official. We have Mark Carabin. We know we needed another Nintendo voice as part of the group. And I just wanted to say thank you to everybody for sticking with us, especially our executive producers like our platinum executive producer, Mr. Corey Hicks, and all of our gold slash gentlemen executive producers. I'm not even redoing it. Your gentlemen executive producers, Nick Mullis from Next Level Games, Joel Brooks, James Johnson, Dr. Doom, Jesse Armstrong, Glock Schaefer, David Ray, Aaron Doherty, Martini Jean, and Mr. Moody, Lincoln. Your hair is looking real, real good, buddy. We're about to go for a bath and story time, but I wanted to give a big old hey to everybody before. We're actually recording this very early, Lincoln. We're recording this on Wednesday, but this is going out on Monday. We're, get, we're about to hit the slopes. We're going skiing. We're going to the mountains. <laughs> if you guys, you have to watch the video. Look at him just like mouth open. Just what is dad talking about right now? Uh, guys, thank you so much for being here. And if you're new, here's the deal. If uh, Every week I have sweet hangs with a stranger from the internet. And if you want to be part of the show, uh, tweet at me. At Sean Capri. At Sean like Connery Capri. Like the pants. Today is Ryan Turford from Game Moose Podcast. Last week was blessing at AOA Jr., of course, coming back to us thanks to all of the support at Patreon. And that was the first ever live episode. Maybe a little taste. Like, I did that as part of the the charity uh, stream, which was uh, very successful. I talked about that last week. Um, But I would like to do some more of that. I think we will hit a milestone with Make Us Better where the returning guests go live. I think that might be a thing. Um, But yeah, man, I'm, I'm so excited. Lots of good things happening. This is a a vision to try and bring as many of us together as possible. Mark, I, I feel, is the first step. Hopefully more to come. This is, um, you know, it's it's a it's a cool challenge, actually, just to try and bring as many of us together. We want to make it as easy as possible for you guys to support all the creators that, that you do support all in one place. I know that it can be confusing and frustrating and how do I make decisions and blah, blah, blah. We try to make that easy for you, make it all in one place. So uh, patreon.com slash make us better is where it's happening. Uh, speaking of amazing content, congratulations to Pixel Pulse Radio, one of my absolute favorite podcasts on the internet, part of the OK Beast family. They celebrated their 100th episode, and I just love that show. And having recently celebrated our 100th episode, I know how great that feels, man. So celebrate it, enjoy it. That is, it's crazy to think, you know, it's it's, 100, it's a little over two years. Nobody knows the math for sure, but about two years of, of week to week making content, it's a great milestone. Not not every podcast makes it. Most don't. So congratulations to Alex Van Aken and Brandon Wilson and everybody who uh, helped make that happen, get them to episode 100. If you haven't already checked it out, episode 100 is a great place to start. So yes, um, if you guys missed it, Lincoln, you may have, you, did you know this? We revived If We Ran Nintendo as another way to make sure that Make Us Better is giving as much of the content you started with and uh, it's in a new format so if you guys want to be on that show even if you've been on this show 
text me, tweet me, all the rest, Sean Capri. And uh, it is a guest format, in case you missed it. Jacob Rush and Justin Masson were on the show last week, so check it out at youtube.com slash nerdy or on Google Play and iTunes and all that other stuff. And I wanted to quickly say thank you to Luke Lore for trusting us uh, so much so that he increases Patreon. So normally we say thank you to, to new to new patrons for coming on. I want to quickly say thanks to Luke Lore for increasing your amount, man. Thank you very much. It, it really means a lot. It is Wednesday, as I mentioned. I am going to talk to Ryan in a moment, actually. When Lincoln is asleep, I'm going to talk to Ryan Turford from Game Moose Podcast. I know I sound like a broken record here, but one of my favorite po- podcasts around actually also features purple in the logo. Um, Ryan is, I can't wait to talk to him actually, and you're going to hear from him soon. Uh, why don't we just actually get right into it? Ryan Turford. He's at Ryan Turford on Twitter. Lincoln, are you ready? Ryan Turford. Well, first of all, this shelf behind me is brand new because all, all these games used to be on this side. Uh huh. Now just my Sega Genesis games are on that side and Sega CD games and 32X games. They get their own shelf. <laughs> That's how special they are. This is why I wanted to have you on the show, man, because... Why? So we could talk all about the 32X? Well, I don't. I feel like I really don't get that opportunity that often. <laughs> and, and it's not even that I can really talk about it. I kind of want to just get educated about it. Like, why? <laughs> I mean, it had a great port of the Star Wars arcade game from the Atari days, of course. Which was it's what? Something. It was just called Star Wars Arcade. Oh, that's hilarious. It was like an X-Wing game where you just go down the, the Death Star Trench like a million times, basically until mm-hmm. you run out of lives, essentially. So you just keep, if you blow up the Death Star, the game doesn't end. You just go back down the Death Star Trench again. What? What What trench? <laughs> what trench is left? Uh, you, no, you just, it just, you just imagine the whole thing didn't happen. <laughs> so just a redo? Yeah, basically. There's also like, there's a secret level where you can unlock to go fight, uh, blow up a Super Star Destroyer that mm. also is destroyed by going down a trench and shooting photon torpedoes into a little tube. That's like the, so that's funny. So, like, I, I want to get into this because you actually have, like, your favorite game of all time is a good game. And, yeah. like, so you obviously were able to discern what made a game good very early in your gaming life. Well, Why no, no, no. were you involving yourself with such garbage? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's just, that's what my parents bought, both me and my brother. I mean, my parent, my mom and my dad recognized very early that my, like, me more than my brother, but both of us were really into video games, and mm-hmm. especially, we were a family that moved around almost every year. Yeah. So, basically, imagine back in the day, if you will, if you're a new kid every single year, what that's kind of like. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you don't have, it's hard to make friends, stuff like that. So the, the one constant I always had as a kid was I'd always be able to go home and play video games. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it sort of started when I was like five, when, when we first got the NES. Yeah. And so I played Super Mario Brothers to death. In fact, my, my brother, uh, older brother Kyle, he always tells me stories about how he used to get in trouble because he wouldn't be able to get his homework done because my mom would force him to play as Luigi with me. So he had, so, I had someone to play with. Oh, I feel so bad. That is not where I thought that story <laughs> had, was going to go. I had no idea that that was not even a thing. But yeah, he told me this this years later that, it, that it, you know, he couldn't, he didn't have time to do homework because I forced him to play video games. Cause nice I too, going, Ryan. I was too in love with video games, apparently. Nice yeah. one. Well, at, at what point did you, were you able to, to separate? Like, when were you able to like let your brother go do his responsibilities so that you could play some games? 
I mean, it took a couple of years, but yeah. I mean, for the most part, it wasn't so much me that was doing that. It was more like my mom and dad were like, hey, you gotta, you gotta, you and your brother need to be like this. You gotta be tight. You know what? So, that is sweet, actually, because they found something like, I, I, can, I can imagine you just find anything like looking around the place. Like, what can these two kids do together? That. Yeah. Okay, you're doing that? Go with it. I, yeah, I totally exactly. get it, man. Especially because like when I, we, we were kids, I wasn't really into sports. Mm-hmm. So like. I didn't really join sports teams or anything like that. And as you might remember from, because we're old men, Sean. Yes. Of course. Yeah, I know, back, right? Back in the 80s and 90s, <laughs> mm-hmm. in, in when you were in school, it wasn't very popular to be a nerd. Right, a definitely not. You usually look down upon, especially if you're the new kid. So mm-hmm. imagine being the new kid and being super nerdy in the 80s. Mm-hmm. That was me. So, but did you know that you were going to be moving soon too? Like, did you know that like, because we moved before you're going to be moving again soon? Or did you ever maybe fool yourself into thinking that this is it? We're good. I mean, at first, at first, like in like grade one and two, I kind of felt that way, but no, like for the most part, I kind of wised up to it. I mean, it wasn't really until high school where we kind of just settled in one place essentially. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's kind of crazy. I mean, it's, it's both ways of people accepting you but also you like accepting or even bothering for kids right where you 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 settle down and you're you kind of like okay we're going through this all over again you kind of know the deal as as the new kid and how kids react to that and you go like i don't need that i've got this i've got games like why (laughs) would i ever even bother with that it's already better like even for people who like I have a copy of Total Recall on the NES sitting at home waiting for me. Of course you, you know, do. How, how is Arnold Schwarzenegger going to solve the situation and go to Mars? Okay, you know? but did you watch that movie back then or just play the game? Oh, I watched the movie. My, my mom uh, really was into sci-fi movies, so we actually mm-hmm. watched a lot of sci-fi movies. Pretty much everyone that was out there, like my love of Aliens, mm-hmm. for example, the Aliens franchise, which is my favorite film franchise, yep. was spawned because my mom was a big fan of it. That makes and a so, lot like, of sense. so we would watch it together mm-hmm. when I was like way too young to be watching those movies that was going to be my point was you were the cool that's the that's what every kid missed out on was you were the cool cool kid people should have wanted to be like come on over you got all the games (laughs) and you got all the vhs tapes of total recall (laughs) of total recall because like i mentioned the total recall video game because it's really terrible why describe this game i don't even know i don't think i've seen it it's a side-scrolling uh it's not like so much it's a beat-em-up but yeah you basically just punch everything and it's got really uh, small levels that have very annoying platforming. Mm-hmm. So if you played a game like um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the NES or mm-hmm. something like that, like the le- it's the sprites are a lot smaller than in that game, but the platforming is about the same level as terribleness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, yeah. was the NES like the pinnacle of awful uh, licensed games? Did it get worse than that? Do you think? <laughs> I mean, you clearly never played the the Thor game <laughs> on the Wii. <laughs> no, I didn't. I it didn't even know that was a thing. Shot. It only got worse. No really way. Until the last generation, essentially. That's when it started to get better. Thor on the Wii? Was that even, like, was the Thor movie a thing? Yeah, that was when the first Thor movie came out. Holy crap, how long have we been in this? There was a universe. licensed Thor movie. It was real bad. Real, well, well, sorry, licensed video game based on Thor. Well, really what, what kind of game was that? Uh, it was... It was almost like a uh, third-person action and adventure game where you did you swung Thor's hammer with your the Wiimote. Sure. And... Oh, there it is. Yeah. yeah. I played Ultimate Alliance for the first time on the Wii. Like the first version of that game I played was on the Wii. See, that had a lot less waggle. No, it, it had a ton of. Well, I think to... it was optional. I think there was a way to to just hit buttons, but yeah. it instructs you to 
to just do this the whole time. Yeah, and there's exactly. a there's a free screen grab. For unlike some unlike something like Thor or Green Lantern, where you, it had force motion controls, which is always terrible. Kind of <sighs> like Lair. That's what made Lair mm. a bad game too. Was you had to use the PlayStation Move on the PS3. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to take a quick uh, moment here to give your show, and I'll come back to the origins because I I've talked to both you and Drew about how it came to be, and I think it's it's awesome. But I want to give a quick shout out while we're talking about every game that nobody ever heard of. This is why you need to listen to Game Moose podcast because you just know every single game. Like there is some, like there's there's fakers like me, and then there's like the real deal. Like you you know not only have you like played lots of games, but like you lock it into your memory. And I, I think that typically you get one or the other where somebody knows a lot about a few games or they played a lot of games but they can't remember anything. But like. You got it all up there in your trap, man. Like, where does that where does that memory come from? Is it just like where does it come from? I mean, I'm I'm just that way about a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, I mean, music is one of those things I'm kind of like that way about too. Mm. I mean, um, movies as well. I I can sort of pull all kinds of useless knowledge about movies. Mm -hmm. uh, like, for example, did you know, Sean, that Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, takes place in the year 2002, <laughs> where hair metal still exists? Let me stop you where... Uh, I'll stop in the start in the, in the sentence where I, I didn't know the fact. Um, when you said the eighth one. Yeah, exactly. Didn't know that there was... Well, I guess... Event, yeah. I didn't know well, that's what it was called. I guess I should say I didn't know that that's what it was called. There are 12 I, Friday Yeah, they, I did know it went past X, at least. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that one. Yeah, that's so funny, man. So okay, so you're moving around, and then you kind of settle in in high school. So that puts you around like what what console? Uh, well, that was the PS One and sixty four days. Okay, yeah. So me and you are like pretty. Are we the same age? I think we're the same uh, age. I'm gonna be thirty five in March. Okay, yeah. So, so we're about a year different. Say. So yeah, exactly. I mean, it doesn't really matter doesn't really matter yeah it, exactly because like all throughout high school that's pretty those are the pretty much the two consoles we had although mm -hmm. at that time i was mostly playing games on pc like a weirdo oh you what know, were you playing okay no because i never get to talk about pc games in the early like late 90s <laughs> early 2000s yeah there were some real bangers in i mean i was playing a lot of uh no like you're Jedi playing Knight good games Starcraft. come on specifically go. those were my games because mm -hmm. jedi knight actually used to play competitively um because back before xbox live they had a, a service called microsoft game zone which mm -hmm. is basically just for pc games yep um and they had their each game had their own ranking system so jedi knight was one of those games um and basically i was within the top consistently i was like in the top 10 players in the world for the longest time on, on the service mm -hmm. holy crap man. Crazy. what yeah, about game like spy I, did you ever did you ever jump on game spy i did but the problem with game spy was that it had a million different games on it, and the games I wasn't I was playing weren't some of those games. Mm. Like the other game I was really into in high school was StarCraft. Yeah, um, which eventually I went on to play professionally for a bit too. Like <laughs> you got paid to play. Yeah, I was in I was in the pro league for for StarCraft two for a while. What were your actions per minute? Is that what it, APMs? It was pretty fast. <laughs> I'm not going to go into that now because that could be a whole, whole other, other conversation. What else are we going to do? Come on. Give, <laughs> oh, give. come on. I, I got so many great stories for you, Sean. It's going to be great. That's I'm what gonna... I'm here for, man. <laughs> what... No, I mean, I I, play, I, I was uh, pretty consistently playing StarCraft for about a year. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I made I made some money doing it. But the, the amount don't of time give me the, don't, to into Don't do that. Just stop. I'm stop. And I can do this because we're friends. I'm interrupting. Yeah. Tell me the details, man. You're glossing over StarCraft. Tell me, 
where does it start how like is it the warcraft 2 through starcraft and then you're starting to get in competitive let's get into this well, because and actually, by the I've way if playing... you guys don't want to talk about starcraft if you guys are listening you want to talk about starcraft, skip ahead like 25 minutes okay <laughs> so I want basically to get into where this. it starts for me with real-time strategy sean is yep. back on warcraft 1 yeah it is what, what i started with that was mm -hmm. my first real-time strategy game and you had and... the legitimate one like because it came in the battle chest as well yeah i got the we had the original box copy of oh uh, we ended God. up buying it at best buy for like 10 bucks yeah back in the day uh but yeah like that that was where i first started but it wasn't really until starcraft one that i really started playing it, it more mm -hmm. um, and at that time again as i mentioned i was sort of more competitively into jedi knight so it wasn't mm -hmm. really wasn't until starcraft 2 was released before i was like i really wanted to make a, a major play for you know playing a game competitively because that was back that was when competitive tournament like competitive paid tournaments really started for a right i was gonna say like not even blizzard knew that that was really a thing it was just how do we make three races that are different and <laughs> like balancing all of that crazy stuff and yeah. brood war to this day i think is one of the the best game like probably top 10 I, it was it i would i did a top 10 with uh game moose and this is you why your memory is probably better than mine i don't even remember if i don't I put think starcraft you in top I, 10. I think you mentioned starcraft was on the periphery oh there's, there's no way actually. there's no way it's in my google doc somewhere i'd actually have to go back and look yeah it's in it's somewhere in our in the google if i just search starcraft i'm sure it's there but yeah brood war definitely absolutely incredible game so but like back then we knew at least people who were somewhat into starcraft at the very least knew that there was something happening in korea yeah like i don't know what why or how i even came to know about that well, that was even before starcraft 2 came out because, right like when star like starcraft 1 had had legs for so long mm -hmm. because of korea because, yeah because uh like people in korea were like basically made it a real sport mm -hmm. which is why now it's it's pretty much their national sport at this point which is mm -hmm. why it was so cool to see a starcraft 2 competition at the olympics this year that's and, and seeing, crazy. Seeing a woman from Canada win, by the way, mm -hmm. which was pretty incredible. Um, but yeah, like, so was, was that the one two. that people were like, prove that you weren't faking or something like that? Somebody, uh, some, some woman won a, I thought it was a StarCraft tournament. Maybe it wasn't even StarCraft. Some, anyway, I don't even know what I'm saying. So I don't think I'm so. sorry for interrupting. No, it's okay. So getting back to StarCraft 2. Yes, um, please So do. when I started, that was sort of before, like when sort of online streaming was starting too. So I wasn't really um going down that road for a lot of it was i, I uh primarily focused on 1v1 i didn't really uh, i wasn't in a team or anything like that i was mm -hmm. playing on my own grinding away on the ladder every single night and what race were you playing uh zerg primarily yeah that was like uh, there were some tournaments i entered where it was random yep that's awesome for the most part anytime i got to pick it was always zerg because how did, zerg how did you win Sorry? How did you win? Did you have did like I a win? did you have like a selection of builds that you would go after and or was there a go to? I mean the, the the one that I would found the most success with back in Wings of Liberty which is what I was playing. Yeah. Uh was build a lot of broodlings and try and outsmart your opponent essentially was sort of my strategy. Right. I mean a lot of times uh, it depended on the opponent like what they were playing. If I had seen some of their streams or videos before, I would kind oh, of Oh have... snap, you were like you were scouting them out. You were Well, cuz they would do the same for uh, for me. No way. Yeah, that was a big thing back then. So people would watch replays of other people's content. Oh, you didn't to... have to stream it. Like you could just watch a replay like if you Like knew... the game supported replays. Um, yeah. but a lot of times too you would again if they had a YouTube channel or a Twitch page you would you would do that because again that was sort of expected at that time i think so, esports now works a little bit differently than mm -hmm. that but back then that was a big thing 
Because if you didn't do it, they did that. Did it to you. So when Chelsea and I were in New York for one, we've been to a couple Comic Cons in New York. We were in one in San Diego, and one time they had. I don't even know what it was. It was some big StarCraft thing. I don't even know if it was a for real tournament or... But anyways, they had two people in like their their uh, their pods. So they couldn't see or hear what the, what each other was doing. And there was uh, there was play-by-play -play and everything. It was like by far the nerdiest thing I've ever been a part of. Like just witnessing. I, I, if anybody, you guys got to do it at least once. This has got to be on everybody who's listening to the show. It's got to be on your bucket list. <laughs> Witness like real-time strategy esports i think it's a particular carve out of the esports yeah. in general like this is this is uber nerdy yeah, i and mean so, it, between that or watching uh stuff like at evo in person or that's the or, other nerdiest thing i could probably mm, see i think the i think probably the thing that takes the cake is uh go play magic the gathering at your local oh. comic store Speaking of Magic the Gathering, I used to play Magic the Gathering a lot. I know, man. A lot. Imagine I've been on the Pro Tour. Yeah, okay, so for people who have like skipped ahead and they're like, I don't want to talk about StarCraft, you can keep going because we still got some more StarCraft stuff, but after that, we're going to talk a little bit about some Magic Gathering. This could be a six-hour episode. Good God, what did I get myself into? Okay, StarCraft. You exactly um, what you're getting No, for the most part, into. what ended up happening was... Uh, Blizzard had Oh, their so own... no, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry for interrupting, but the whole point of the New York thing was they had these two people in the pods and they had two cameras. They had one set on like the person, but they had a close up. It was like affixed to the keyboard and it was on their left hand as they were entering in their keyboard shortcuts. And it was like they were like playing piano. It was like yep. for people watching the video. It was just like, is that where you were at? Yeah. I mean, for the most part, I had a, a special keyboard and, and a special setup that I always would roll with. And did you like I watched these guys walk into their to their little pod and they would pull out a ruler or like a little uh, yeah, mostly just a ruler and they would like measure how far their eyes were from the screen and how far the keyboard was from the screen. Like they had mm -hmm. they walked in and made it their own and it was to like the millimeter. I probably would have gotten that nerdy if I went to a physical competition, but right. back in the day they didn't have physical competitions for StarCraft, so it was always online from home essentially. But yeah, like when I was at home on my computer, absolutely, I did that on, on, on my own setup for sure. What's the stress nice. level like when you're playing at this level? It's pretty stressful, especially because yeah. it is essentially a job. So yeah, if you, if you have a, except it's probably even more stressful than a normal job, even because again, it's performance completely performance based. So if you screw up once, mm -hmm. you, it knocks you pretty far down the the the, the pecking order, mm -hmm. and you can lose some real money that way. So there's a, there's a lot of pressure to perform well and. Um, again, I had some, there were some good times in there and some times where I lost really badly. And what, what did um, you do? Did you oh, have any, you have any no, rageful moments? No, I just got by the, the, my opponents, essentially. You didn't rage out? No. I, I mean, I'm not a ragey person, as you probably have. I'm not shocked, actually. No. I, I can't even the, remember the last time I raged out about anything, Sean. Really? Um, yeah. That's I'm nice. Not, I'm just too calm. It's you just, really it's are. Calm, I guess. <laughs> People say it's really weird that I that I'm that calm. But you're yeah, just, like you're just very even keel. You know, as soon as Brock pulls out whatever the hell he's saying next to you, something yeah. about being on Tinder or God knows what <laughs> porn social media he's talking about. Well, like, you know, he's got to pimp that every single episode, here, <laughs> which you can find over at game-moose.com. There it is. Week. There it is. I, see, I had to throw that in the plug just once. John. I love it, man. Okay, well, let's let's keep on the pro circuit here, and we'll get eventually back maybe to the Sega 32X and whatever other garbage is over there. <laughs> what about what about the entry point? Like the because like these are some hardcore stuff that we're talking about here. Like playing StarCraft 2 at that level is mm -hmm. is is elite gaming, man. And 
And I feel like the the trend continues on with with Magic the Gathering. I imagine. I actually don't know this about you. Is there is there Dungeons and Dragons in your life? I've only played Dungeons and Dragons in high school, but Dungeons and Dragons isn't really a competitive thing. Right, but I, it's more about the um, uh, the the men, the mental capacity that I think yeah. is required. I mean, that's why a I put them on math, the same level, especially in Magic the Gathering. So you have to be. That's one game specifically where you have to be very very good at math. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's too many sides to that dice for me to keep track, man. Well, it's not even just the size of the dice, too. For example, when you're, you're trying to manage your storm count when you, you cast a, number, a certain number of spells, you need to know if you're going to have the requisite mana to be able to combo off in order to use your gut shot or not. Like I said, there's too many <laughs> sides on that die. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, 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 it's a lot to keep track of, for sure. And I, I think, actually, magic, like, collectible card games, not just magic, but even so, if professional Pokemon players, for example, I think those are actually even more stressful than something like StarCraft is. No um, way. Because... Uh, you're on a turn-by-turn level, but there's so much more that, that can go wrong yeah. in that one t- turn. Because even one little tiny misstep in, in Magic the Gathering specifically mm-hmm. can can ruin your entire tournament. With StarCraft, there's, I feel like there's a little more leniency there in that game. Ah, man. Well, you're obviously seeing like it in slower motion than the rest of us because it, it <laughs> looks, like I said, when you watch those guys, the keys and their fingers, like I, I can't even fake oh, yeah. it as fast <laughs> yeah. as they were doing. I can't, like, I can't even do it now, but I back in the day, man, my, my fingers can move really fast because, I mean, the your peak for those games is uh, once you're over 25, that's it. You're, you're retired. That's pretty much that's like you're like a you're like a gymnast at that at that stage. Yeah, exactly. So what's the on-ramp for Magic the Gathering for you? Where does that get introduced for you? Well, actually, I've been playing Magic the Gathering since grade eight. So this is like 1995 Mm -hmm. um, in Ice Age. But uh, back when, uh, back in about 2012, that's when I started to go to um, some local tournaments, which then allowed me to go to a Pro 2 Qualifier, which basically is a... Uh, monthly tournament that is usually held. Uh, they hold them in here in Toronto, but then they hold them in a lot of other uh, major U.S. and Canadian cities, mm-hmm. um, as well as all over the world. So that's how you qualify for the Pro Tours if you win one of those tournaments, or if you have a certain number of points from attending a certain number of tournaments throughout the year, essentially. So the Pro Tour is basically the once every Magic the Gathering set, there's a big tournament that's yeah. held. Um, and the format is usually standard, which is usually the, the six newest sets. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as a draft portion as well. So you have to draft cards. So uh, the Pro Tour I played on was uh, Pro Tour Theros, mm-hmm. which was actually here in, uh, in North America. And uh, that was the Greek mythology Magic the Gathering set. And uh, <laughs> I was pretty terrible. I did not do well. I finished uh, top 200. How much how much money are you because like this is very different from Starcraft and maybe Dungeon Dragon like in that you so much of your ability to move forward is your deck building and a lot of your deck building is based on how much money you're going to pour into this thing like or trading maybe. And it really just depends too on the type of format because the Magic the Gathering, as an example, has multiple different formats. There's Standard, which has a certain card pool, and then Modern, which has a bigger card pool, and then Legacy, which has the mm-hmm. biggest card pool. Mm-hmm. So essentially, you basically have to, um, for Standard, usually there's two or three really good decks. Um, so a lot of times you'll pick which one of those decks fits your playstyle or uh, what you expect the other players to be playing, mm-hmm. and that's what you play. Um, in modern, it's much more varied. There's like 20 or 30 good decks, so you can kind of play what you want. Um, and legacy is 
I mean, it's all broken cards anyways, but... Right. Uh, oh, I guess that's... Okay, so that, that you said something that sort of, like, brought me down to ground level here, which is, like, I, I just think there's just an infinite number of cards, but yeah. obviously that's that's not the case. There are a finite number of cards, and people have... Like, it's just such a, a played game that people yeah. have figured out, choose this card instead of that card, and choose this card and that instead of that card. Yeah, there are certain cards that are specifically built for each format, too. So when you, look, when you evaluate a card... It's very important to evaluate what format it was designed for, because mm -hmm. because so, certain cards they put out are specifically de designed for casual play, mm -hmm. like playing around the kitchen table, whereas other ones are specifically designed as tournament cards. So is is the casual? Because I wanted to add, like, I, oh my god, magic is crazy. <laughs> I can ask like sixteen different questions here. Now you know why Drew and Brock don't ask about. Well, it. <laughs> and that's why I want to ask about it because I know yeah. you you want to talk about it, and i want to learn about it and i had like the closest i ever got to it people know i've said it a few times is is overpower the marvel total like knockoff oh God. like totally so dumbed old. down um but i still have the cards did you know that have i like i don't know if you've seen i didn't know they're back there they're right a here, dude, binder dude. they're in a well my dad my dad got me a binder that like is nicer than the, the crappy binder i had before but it doesn't fit all the cards but like i still have like my my um instruction booklets from my starter kits and stuff and like it's still oh like geez. alphabetically organized here like carnage this is this is my love for carnage where like i didn't even yeah. read spider-man comic books but like i love these cards man like colossus is in is in here i didn't yeah. read anything but like all my love for a, a lot of marvel stuff is in this and this is so basic yeah. For sure. I mean, I'm actually the same way. Uh, I never collected Overpower specifically, but back when I was a kid, I used to collect Marvel trading cards. Yeah. Because that, that was a big thing, and I have, like, multiple full sets in my closet. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. Which are crazy, yeah. Uh, but now it's we so weird to look back on that, because now I don't like superheroes. Mm. That's just a thing that, I, I mean, my I, me personally, I'm not a big fan of superheroes. I guess, I, well, I didn't, I didn't need them personified i guess like yeah. i and i like the x-men movie actually i love like the, especially the first two and i love first class and i liked um days of future past right yeah. uh i like that more than most people i think but i think in general like i i probably could have lived without that mm -hmm. like if this was my memory of of superheroes that would have been that would have yeah. been perfectly fine. And Maximum Carnage, of course. Oh, well, of course. It's one of the greatest video games of all time. There are special red cartridges. <laughs> Man, I, it's, it's one so of those good. games that I probably haven't experienced more than three levels of. And so my nostalgia oh. for it is like completely unfounded. Like Man. that and, and Ninja you, Turtles. You never even got to the Fantastic Four level. I definitely didn't. Didn't nope. even know that was a thing. That That is totally a thing. You go to the Fantastic Four Tower mm -hmm. and recruit Reed Richards as a support character. Dude, that is that awesome. I can't believe I remember all that. <laughs> of course you did. Did you, did you have guides for all of that stuff? Uh, no. I mean, for the most part, actually, I games. used to have a subscription to Nintendo Power. Of course. And then my brother had a subscription to GamePro. Oh, so, nice. You guys were covered. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, mind you, Maximum Carnage was not one of those games that was covered. Mm. So it was mostly just me grinding that game for hours. I don't know. Dude, that's awesome. I want to get back to Magic. I want to get back to Magic. Because yeah. the reason I brought up Overpower was because they had these nice... Um, they had these nice starter packs that you could get. And that was yep. like, and everybody was starting at the same time. So for you, like, is there any hope of you getting anybody around you into magic? Probably not. But, uh, <laughs> no, to be fair, when I first moved to Toronto, um, my my old roommate that I used to live with and I used to play all the time because mm -hmm. she, she knew I went to uh, all these tournaments and she's like, oh, well, let's just play. So I pulled out all my old cards and, and we used to play together all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I haven't really played too much since. I play a lot of Magic Online 
as well, which is which is kind of cool. Is that an um, easier way to get in? Because it just seems I like a huge investment. I would not recommend it for a new player. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. If you have players around, if you have people around you, mm-hmm. uh, that's the, always the best way to play it. But if uh, the if you don't have people around you who can play Magic the Gathering, uh, there's actually a free-to-play game on Xbox called Magic Duels that Drew and I talked about on the podcast before. What's which it is called? Actually, it's called Magic Duels. Okay. Um, it's not. It, it's a good way to get started because it basically teaches you all the rules of how to play. Um, it lets you play some of the, with some of the cards. It lets you build a collection. You can play online as well, but it's a lot less robust. Again, it is more casual friendly. So if you are less robust in what way? Is this is it the same cards just online or? Yeah, yeah. they like they're just digital versions of the same card, especially. Um, because Magic Duels basically has a specific set of cards it pulls from. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of what you have to work with. Where Magic Online is essentially just the card game with every single card physically printed in digital form. And how- I've been playing money tournaments in that as well. Oh, there it is. Cool. That's the free-to-play yeah. model kind of thing where you... Are you gambling, well, basically? It's not free-to-play, though, because you have to buy all the cards, Sean. Oh, so it's free to start or whatever we're, we're kind of saying. Yeah, I mean, well, you have to you even have to pay $10 just to open your Magic the uh, Gathering account. But on Magic Duels, it's totally free to play. Oh, okay. I, I'm sorry. Okay, so what were you talking about? Because I was, that's I was what I was... I Magic Online, the PC. Oh, okay. So Xbox yeah. is truly free to play. Yeah, and it, you... it works like Hearthstone. There it is. Yeah. you'll earn packs, you'll open them, you'll get new cards that way. Again, Drew and I, when we played Magic Duels, because we actually played it on, on the podcast, like, two years ago mm-hmm. when it came out like uh neither of us paid a dime and had a lot of fun playing it that's sweet man that yeah. sounds okay so that's that's the answer that i'm that i'm digging for is ha- like because it's something that if you're into video games or nerd culture at all it's something that you've heard of before there's no way that anybody gets to this level of listening to podcasts and you haven't heard of Magic the Gathering, and right. and you've either been you've been a little intrigued, like maybe there's something even just the smallest amount of intrigue in mm-hmm. you, or you've decided 100% I never want to try this. And if there's any chance, like I've just kind of always wondered how people get into that sort of thing. Yeah, and I, I think actually the easiest beginner games, if you've never played a collectible card game like Magic, would actually be the Pokemon game, because the, mm. the the digital Pokemon game also is really good at teaching new players how to play. Um, but also Hearthstone. It's yeah. also a really great game as well. Um, although I don't like the level of randomness that's in Hearthstone. That's why I don't like it as much as something like Magic the Gathering. Because there are a lot of cards in Hearthstone where you'll play it and then it'll basically do a dice roll that will affect how good or bad it is. Oh, I see what you mean. Not yeah. the randomness in terms of the way that the cards are drawn, but the impact yeah. of the card is yeah. is a random number. It's tailored. Because with Arcane Missiles, you can either do one damage to uh like three damage to one creature or three damage to your opponent and it's just completely random how that works that is just like just one example in your brain that you just pulled yeah i mean arcane missiles is also a really good spell in world of warcraft sean obviously obviously i never i never did world of warcraft you do you did wow too I'm still playing WoW. That's the game I've been playing most. In fact, I, <laughs> yeah, I know I've that. For, <laughs> I played it for like 30 hours this week, Sean. 30 <laughs> hours this week. Yeah. Why aren't you um, playing fact, something actually, else? It's fun fact, Sean. Mm-hmm. Uh, before World of Warcraft Legion, which is the current World of Warcraft expansion, came out, mm-hmm. I calculated and posted on Twitter my playtime for World of Warcraft since 2010. Mm-hmm. You you want to take a stab at how how many play hours I had in World of Warcraft? <sighs> It, it's going to be measured I'm trying to like it's not even hours it's just a number anymore. of hours Sean. no but it's going to be measured like months and it up months. to the nearest thousand oh 
Oh my god. I have no are you at five thousand hours? Uh more than that. <laughs> Seven so what my last count was six six thousand six hundred and eighty-two, which translated to like eight eight months. <laughs> oh, that's almost a dude, two hundred and eighty-six days? Yeah. <laughs> okay, walk me through this a little bit. Um how does that happen? So as I, as uh, going back to the StarCraft conversation, uh-huh. one of the I've always been a fan of Blizzard. Blizzard is one of my three favorite, like top three developers. Mm-hmm. So I play everything that they they make, uh, including World of Warcraft, because I was such a big fan of Warcraft three and even Warcraft mm. one. Going back to that when we talked about that, yep. I love the lore yep. in Warcraft. So and that's the I'm reason you just Warcraft. created. You just mentioned the reason I didn't get into because I didn't love three. Right. Like, I really just didn't, I wasn't there yet. I, my, my brain is too slow, it's too stupid, and I don't like change. And that was yeah. very different for me. So, I've been playing World of Warcraft, if you can believe it, Sean, since 2004, when it came out. Because I was, I played in the original alpha for World of Warcraft, and I've been playing pretty much ever since. So, the 7,000 hours or whatever you said was from That's 2010? Yeah. And there's more? I used to play a lot during Burning Crusade, which was the second experience. I am just in awe of you. By the way, this is not judgment. This is just like, man, I, no, I, I wish. I, that sounds amazing. No, because in a lot of ways, World of Warcraft, uh, for me, was a great socializing game. Because yep. I got to meet a lot of really great, fre- like, lifelong friends through World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. um, just from raiding. But the thing is, when I look at world, back at World of Warcraft, World of Warcraft, to me, and the reason I really like it as a video game is because... It reminds me so much of the games I used to love on the NES mm-hmm. because World of Warcraft, if you've never played it, is a game all about uh, mechanics. Yep. Really tight, uh, really well-developed mechanics mm-hmm. and understanding how those mechanics work. Mm-hmm. And those are the reasons why I love games like Ninja Gaiden or Castlevania or Mega Man. Um, the same reason I like those games is the reason I like World of Warcraft mm-hmm. because doing raids in World of Warcraft, if, if you the closest analog I can make for you would be Destiny. Yep. Destiny raids are all, all about mechanics in the same way. And that's what makes World of Warcraft so good, because World of Warcraft has been doing that forever. Did they invent it? Or is that like a ultimate no, online? No, it was a thing in EverQuest. Or EverQuest, really like that the was the other one. Really big MMO. Yeah. Um, and then World of Warcraft came a- after Final Fantasy XI, which also came out around the same time. I also played a lot of Final Fantasy XI as well, but not as much as World of Warcraft. Is that your, um, what's your favorite? What Should we make mention of your favorite Final Fantasy? My final fan- my favorite Final Fantasy game would be uh, six. Oh, that's not I mean, what I was expecting. No. What are you playing now though that keeps popping up? Final Fantasy fourteen is what I. Was <laughs> there it is. That's also an MMO, Sean. <laughs> I'm just like imagining Drew listening to this, like, okay, there it is. He I think we already, I think we already it. lost his co- the conversation with him the second I mentioned World of Warcraft. No, do you think so? Drew, yeah, Drew, if you've made it to this point, please, please tweet at us and just let us know <laughs> that you're still. That you're still here. It'll be like a time capsule that we just like threw out into the ocean. Yeah. And I mean, World of Warcraft for me also is my chill game. It's the game I play whenever I want to chill out and relax. Mm -hmm. Because when you're not raiding, it very much is an open world action adventure role playing game. Mm -hmm. So that's like, I'll I'll listen to podcasts, listen to music, uh, just whenever I want to relax. That's World of Warcraft is my relaxing game. Or other MMOs like Final Fantasy XIV is the same way. How many games do you think you played last year? Well, if I had to count, I would say probably ballpark at least at least 100, 150. Holy, like, yeah, and I, I like that's games. enough, like 150 as in like you played them enough to sort of like form 
like a yeah. basic opinion about him. It's not like I'm not including the Evil Within two or Wolfenstein two that where I played only ten minutes of. I'm talking about dude. I did I the same thing with Evil Within two. Like yeah. I, I'm not much further than that. But like it was kind of like I don't. This isn't it. This yeah. isn't what Drew I wanted. Drew and I played it on on the, our extra live stream. Right. I haven't played it since. Yeah. Did you finish the first one? Yeah, I did. So I you really liked it. Yeah, I love the first one. I just didn't like where it ended up, and then the second one was just like carry on. Yeah. And I just didn't, See, I hated that. The problem was with that game is I decided to make the really dumb mistake, Sean, last fall of playing Persona 5 in the fall rather than in the summer, like ever, like I should have. Yeah, that was Because the, it, it, it killed a lot of those games for me where it was mm. it was tough to go back to some one of those. Because by the time I finished Persona 5, mm-hmm. it'd been, it'd almost been a month or two since those games have been out. And it's tough to go back to those games, mm-hmm. especially because I liked Persona 5 so much. Like I, I barely finished Horizon in time for our Game of the Year awards, which I really wanted to do. Like, that was mm-hmm. a big point uh, for me. You didn't need to. Oh, I need I needed to because you didn't need to. I, lo- I love that need game. to be there. It, I, I, pl- I had to platinum it too, Sean. Oh, of my course. God. Yeah. No, I'm just I'm just not there with it, man. Um, yeah. I want to talk about your your game collection for sure. for a second here. Um, how much of it is like original versus either recapture or it, uh, buying in addition to your your foundation of a of a game collection? Because it's well, impressive, man. Talk walk me through the game collection a little bit. Well, the thing is, Sean, most of the game collection I have here was purchased by my my parents when I was a kid. Yeah. So all all the really old games, uh, basically the um, anything pre-PlayStation 1 era mm-hmm. was purchased usually by my, my mom or my dad, mm-hmm. uh, which is really weird because I can't believe they picked out some really amazing games without having any knowledge other than commercials, essentially. So, so were they like, like Castlevania? Yeah. Like, for example, something like Castlevania. Yeah. The reason my mom bought us Castlevania was because she likes vampire movies. So, oh, nice. Yeah, so she's like, ooh, th- this looks cool. There's Dracula on the box. This guy has a whip. All right. <laughs> and then, of course, she went out and, and we liked that one. So she bought us the other two Castlevania games after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or so, or something like Mega Man. Um, the first Mega Man game I played was Mega Man 3, and it was over at a friend's house. So my my immediate reaction was, Mom, we, we need to go buy this game. So we bought Mega Man 3, and then eventually, throughout the years, I would ask for, for my, like a different Mega Man game for mm-hmm. each one of my birthdays or some other event. Anytime my mom would be like, hey... We're going to buy this game. Which one do you want? Mm-hmm. It was usually a Mega Man game. Right now, just as you say Mega Man 3, like in my mind, and I hope this is the case for everybody else, I'm hearing like the music that plays when you start a level. Like I'm just because hearing that launch so in my good. head. It's so good. I love the music in Mega Man. Like it, that's one of the things that drew me to that and and Castlevania as well, because the, the music in those games in particular is just so well done, especially for NES mm-hmm. games. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think that that was my deeply rooted uh, love for for rock and metal music. Like, I think that there is a lot of this. Obviously, it doesn't play like that, but there's a lot of like the beats and like a lot of galloping triplets and stuff like that. Yeah. That like remind me of Lamb of God and (laughs) stuff like that. Like, it's kind of weird, but like I've always, I don't know. I I, kind of like, I only bring it up because so many people already love Mega Man. But have a have a probably like a predisposition to hate metal. I'm like, no, you actually yeah. like it. Those which is also so weird similar. because because Mega Man didn't sell well, so it's weird that so many people are into Mega Man because it didn't. Yeah, no, it didn't because it's uh, like the highest selling game in the entire franchise was Mega Man Two at less than two million copies. But like none of them had long enough to sell. Like they were just like they were like sports games pretty much. Uh, like three, I, and I guess. But like yes, there was one every every year, but. 
they started stayed on the market for uh, for a long time. Yeah, like they they kept making cartridges. So I guess just, it, yeah, it's just selling. It's just people think that they sold more. Yeah. That's so weird. Metroid, because everyone always assumes Metroid is a big franchise. Like there's a lot of love for that franchise, but yeah. it also doesn't sell well either. But then you got to look at like the entire, almost like the entire catalog of Mega Man. You go like, oh, like somebody somewhere at least had a touch point of one of those games. They may not about all of them. So right. collectively, maybe those first, whatever they are. I think it was more just the, a similar situation to uh, that we saw with Persona before Persona 5 came out, where so many people played, the, like the people who did play the Mega Man games were the people who evangelized it. Who yeah, were that's the loudest. Yeah. I mean, just like me, when I talk about Mega Man, I, I'm always super enthusiastic about it because I love Mega Man. I'm, mm-hmm. I love that series uh, top to bottom, even even Mega Man 8 with the terrible cutscenes and the terrible voice acting. Is we there... need to get the power cells, Dr. Wowie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you've never heard the, the, the voice acting in Mega Man 8, just look up Mega Man 8 voice acting on YouTube. It's amazing. I don't think they have to, man. Them. I think they just got it just now. Yeah. That's exactly. so funny. Um, holy crap. Do you think, like, a game... What, like, what a silly title. Mega Man. But, like, for kids, we're like... That is the best thing. It was like Mega Man and Astro Boy. Well, that was also the the Americanized version of it because he's it's uh, he's known as Rockman in Japan. Mm. Yeah, you can't even though do that. he doesn't, he's not, he does not, he does not have rocks on him. No, he's just Rockman. Well, he was shooting pebbles. Maybe that was about as close. Well, as Well, it's more along the lines of uh, his his uh, sister is Roll. So mm, rock and rock roll. and roll. Yeah, which goes back to your whole rock and roll argument as well. <laughs> oh, I wonder if there's that. I wonder if that's a thing. Uh, there's no way. There's it's no. It's a bit of a thing. That there's a lot of rock. I don't know. I mean, it's also there's a lot of like uh, techno influences too. With, like definitely a lot, lot of sick dance beats in Mega Man. Sick well. dance beats, man. Maybe yeah. I'll just I should find like an OC remix album of of Mega Man and just have it yeah. playing. And people at the beginning, as we're talking about Starcraft and Magic the Gathering, like, what the hell is this Mega Man <laughs> stuff happening? And now it catches up. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, now they finally understand. I wonder if I should do that or not. We'll we'll (laughs) see. We'll see. It's a silly idea. So you mentioned before that your 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 mom loves sci-fi, and one of your favorite movie franchises is uh, is Aliens. Yep. First of all, even though they've had really terrible newer movies, but yeah, it's like totally sullied by like there are actually more really horrible alien movies than there are good ones. But there are, but I I will still stick with them despite the fact that they're terrible. Yeah, and are you like? Is there even camps anymore? There was a time where I I held very strongly that the second one was my favorite, but I think I I've mean, come away. The, from it's, that. You're always usually in one of two camps. You either think that Aliens the best, yep. or Aliens is the best. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And like I, and, but I think I've moved camps. I think I got up and I was, I was like, this place kind of stinks. Like maybe I should go over to that other <laughs> camp. Yeah, like I I was actually for the longest time as a child, I loved Aliens. That was my favorite movie. Same here. Yep. But watching Alien again as an adult yep. made me realize that Al- the original Alien is so much better of a movie. Mm-hmm. So when I look back on that series now, actually Alien 1, like the original Alien is my favorite. It's crazy. And I wonder if that if most people have, have done that same Because as the yeah, teenager or, or a person who shouldn't be watching it probably as a, as a child watching it. No. That's a little early. Um, yeah, exactly. And, that's and, all yeah, you want in a movie, though. always be like, hey, don't look at this part. Then, you know what you know. you know what part really I always think of with that movie is where they um they're stuck in the vents and they're getting chased and then they um they pull the pin on the grenade. And yeah, I always all like, and- oh, like as a like I was too young to watch that self-sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. Like that really stuck that and 
I can't I can't place the timing on this. When I watched Mortal Kombat and they were murdering each other. Oh, uh, the original Mortal Kombat? Like the movie Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And yeah. I was, and like they were f- like straight up killing each other. And I was like, that's it? <laughs> like they're just dead? Like yeah. they were just fighting. Like I played Some Mortal Kombat as a game. Half in that movie. What? They're just um and Goro breaks people, like, oh. Yeah. And you can't beat them. Like no. that that put the fear of a true villain <laughs> in my heart and soul was that movie. I probably probably like and, and a year or two makes a huge difference at that time. Yeah. I was probably a year or two too young to be watching that. Mm-hmm. But like, I, yeah, I went to go see that movie in the theater with my mom and she's like, oh, this is, this is totally fine. Yeah, I went. I went. What with could my go dad. wrong? <laughs> and like, you don't even know the damage it's doing while you're watching. You're just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Yeah. And then you're like waking up in the middle of the night with like scorpions, skeleton <laughs> head, like blowing uh, fire all I around mean, you. And part of that, too, was just I think it didn't bo- that didn't bother me as much because I was just used to those movies by then. Yeah. Whereas it, it just, yeah, I guess. Uh, and actually, that was a bad example because it was, it was the, the straight up murder that scared me yeah. more than anything. Like that, but if like you the watch stuff that movie was... now, man, it's so cheesy. Oh, and that, I know. That's what makes it so great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right so much better. So much better than uh, some of those other video game movies like Super Mario Brothers or Street Fighter. God, I, I feel so bad for my parents because I made them go three times to the movie theater with me to go watch Street Fighter. <laughs> the movie. I, it was so I never bad. saw that in the theater. I ended up only seeing it on, on VHS and just you did the Jean- right thing. I was never a big Jean I never I never thought Jean-Claude Van Damme was that great. That's true, but I loved Street Fighter at the time. Because yeah, course, me and my older Fighter. brother. Yeah, me and my older brother How were going to the arcades every weekend at that time and playing Street Fighter and Turtles mm-hmm. in Time as well, but mostly Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Like that like we had those two arcade machines in our neighborhood, so we were playing a lot of Street Fighter. Do and then, like, e- even when it came to Super Nintendo, like, we bought it day one, uh, the day of, like, the day and date when when uh, that it came out. I still have the copy on the shelf behind me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, like, I remember that being a special day because literally we, me and my older brother played Street Fighter for, like, eight days, eight, eight, sorry, eight hours straight. Of course you did. It. Yeah. How many versions do you, of that game do you have? Of Street Fighter 2? Yeah. I only have the one with me. We used to have Turbo, but I lost my, I lost my cartridge of Turbo. Oh, that's Along with... Along with Maximum Carnage, they got lost in the same pack. Same package, Sean. I just want to go and buy it for you now. I bought one for my brother, and I feel like well, actually, it's on the NES Classic though. The SNES Classic uh, Turbo. If you've ever played it. Oh, I meant no Maximum Carnage. Oh, I want yeah. I want to go buy that for you. But I, I want to buy. I just want you to have the things. <laughs> I just want to, want you to have all the things, Ryan. Really? Because you know, there's a couple copies of Cool Spot that I'm really, really needed you to pick up for me, Sean. Oh, that's you right. Know, that's I need right. The, I need the Super Nintendo version of Cool Spot, and then the Jaguar version of Cool Spot. There's no Jaguar version of Cool Spot. That's a trick question. What is your? <laughs> this is a totally off the wall. Speaking of Cool Spot, what's your favorite? Um, I don't even know what to call it. I'm trying to think of like Cool Spot as an example, or like Sneak King. Or like okay. these these games that shouldn't even really be games, but they're they're based on a license. License, Pepsi Man, Pepsi Man <laughs> for the PlayStation One. <laughs> Pepsi Man, it runs really fast. It, ah, that's all you do in that game, it dude. Really oh, that's this is fast. why this is why I love. Can I just like call out something here? This is why I love sure. talking to you. I didn't even really know what I was asking. Like yeah. I didn't know how to form that question of like these are like a particular type of game, and you had. You knew what I was asking, and you had an answer for it. The best part about your examples, Sean, was and Pepsi Man included, is that I've owned all three of those games at one point. Come on. Sneak King and Pepsi Man and Cool Spot. In fact, actually, I still have two of those games. I mm-hmm. just don't have Pepsi Man anymore. 
dude, you are you are something else. I, <laughs> I wanna... traded in to get my PS2, and I was very sad that day. You know, it was, it was too much. Why did you do that? Oh, because I couldn't afford a PlayStation 2, so I traded in. Mm. I, I was a dummy and traded in games back then. And to be mm. fair, I, it probably wouldn't hold up today, but it would hold up in the cheesy way, mm-hmm. which would make it work. Kind of like when I go back and play Friday the 13th on NES now, it holds up in a really terrible way oh, because no. it's a terrible game. That it doesn't even make sense, though. <laughs> Yep, but speaking yeah, exactly. of random, you like have to like go cabin to cabin and mm-hmm. like fires and eventually you go into the woods and fight the severed head of Mrs. Voorhees in order to get the torch. Mm-hmm. And then you go find Jason, and throw the torch at him and kill him. Totally yeah. makes sense. That's all you do. in That, that game. totally makes sense. Like that's I mean, the journey I would expect to take. The, the NES version of Predator. Have you played Predator on the oh NES? Oh my God. Show? I just love talking to you. No, tell me about so, it. <laughs> so in Predator on the NES, first of all, it starts off as like a side scrolling platforming game mm-hmm. uh, where you fight giant scorpions and dudes with machine guns and you mm-hmm. throw grenades at them. But then <laughs> scorpions, a classic NES enemy. Well, of course, especially in Predator. Oh dude, I was terrified of scorpions movie. as a kid. But then, then Worse the cream of the crop is basically there are these uh, like on like um, auto, auto scrolling levels where basically mm-hmm. you play as Ar- Arnold Schwarzenegger and he's like he takes up three quarters of the screen screen awesome. on the video. I'm, I'm doing this with my hands to mm-hmm. emphasize how big he is. And you fight giant floating predator heads that f- fly at you. And then eventually one really big predator head comes down and then you have to sh- shoot it as many times as you can. And that's the whole game. You just It's 50 levels of that. Oh. Oh my god god bless the people who made these movies like and the best is people all over the internet are just slamming these games now like we look back at it and we just we don't talk very fondly about most of them but some people put a lot of hard like some people are like look what we figured out how to do <laughs> yeah. we made these heads fly around all over we the place. made it so the joker could shoot lightning you know yes that was the thing that was amazing or darth vader turned into a purple scorpion speaking of scorpions that I don't. That I don't remember. The, so that on on Star, uh, there was a Star Wars game on the NES mm-hmm. where you fight Darth Vader at the end. But Darth Vader, uh, when you get to the second phase, he turns into a purple scorpion. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. What is this like total <laughs> disregard for like where the people uh, making these games? They had no like. I feel like prob- they just had like a bucket of assets. That- well, actually, a lot of times what ends up happening, Sean, is they were at one point a completely different game mm. that was then reskinned to be a licensed game. That makes Very sense. Very similarly to Journey to Silius, which is an NES game that was originally a Terminator game. Oh, wow. Then, But then, like six months before the game came out, they lost license to Terminator. So then they had to strip everything Terminator related out of the game mm-hmm. and then sort of make it like its own like uh, sci-fi game instead. So, oh, okay. So I was going to say something surely would have kind of carried over, but it was sort of the yeah. setting more than anything. Yeah, exactly. Because eventually then, um, I believe it was uh, Probe or someone else got the license to Terminator instead. And mm-hmm. that's how we got the, the, the Terminator games on NES and SNES. So. Well, that's actually kind of like um, Super Mario 2. Yeah, exactly like that. Like that, that turned out way better. times with games. Yeah, that's... That's a, that's a podcast you should do. Do you ever want to do anything more? Not that not that I like think that Game Moose is not enough, but do you ever do you ever well, want I mean, to do anything Moose more? Game Moose itself is a platform for many different things, Sean. Mm, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's more just it, it's more just time because I mean, as as you probably know, I mean, I can I have a job outside of uh, outside of the podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, unfortunately, it takes up a lot of time. And then the podcast is everything else, and then just playing World of Warcraft. Come on, that's I a mean, good job right there. Totally. You know, what else, what else can you be doing? No, These I mean, are choices I've that we have. I've always wanted to do something totally, like that, but yeah. it's always just knowing what angle to attack. Because I always, I whenever I try and produce content, number one, I always want to make sure it's something that 
mm-hmm. I would listen to that I would get in, some enjoyment of and, and that's something that I'm passionate about, mm-hmm. um, which is why the podcast, the Game Loose podcast is structured the way it is because mm-hmm. it's, it's structured in, in the, after a lot of the different podcasts that I personally listen to. Yeah. So stuff like uh, Game Scoop and Kind of Funny and Giant Bomb, all yep. those different things, like those are my inspirations for, for making that show. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfor- and like, so for me to tackle something like that, I've always thought about doing it. It's more just been a lack of time because actually, um, a couple of years ago, I used to do Let's Plays every single day, Monday to Friday, for like oh, eight months. That used to oh, be my wow. thing on top of the podcast, on top of my job. Yeah. So, and I knew how just how stressful doing something that like that was. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's really just trying to find the, the best venue for some, doing something like that. But that, yeah, I've always wanted to do other pieces, like almost like history pieces about games. Because you'd be really good at it, man. Like you have, like like I said, some people fake it and they actually do fairly well. But like it's all there. It's all uh, it's all up in that brain of yours. Sure. And I mean, I don't know everything about every game, but I mean, for the most part, like most of the games I've played, I I do have feel like I have at least some knowledge. About mm-hmm. That's I what I I noticed that almost immediately about your guys' show. I I mentioned a blessing, like it was his cadence right away. But like with you and Drew, especially, um, you guys bring up like some game that was from like six or seven years <laughs> ago, and like you're talking about it as if you played it two hours ago. We're also really old too. That's what old people do. Well, I don't know, man. Some <laughs> like I'm I'm basically just a lot i've never been able to do that like no matter like it's not even and it's just getting worse like but my, my brain has never yeah. really has never really that's, worked like that that's uh, good. I, I absolutely love game moose um i want to loop back to aliens i brought it up for a reason because i wanted you to wax poet poetic a little bit about um the game that is is sort of a ripoff of that yeah. one of your not one of your favorite game tell me why metroid is your favorite game ever well, actually, Super Metroid is my favorite game ever. I'm sorry, I I, I dropped the Super, but yeah, no, that that's all good. I, well, because well, because Metroid and Super Metroid are very, very, very different games. Sean, come on, let's be real here. I don't. I'm uh, sorry no, I to mean, be ignorant. I managed to get through an entire. <laughs> no, no, I think I got good. through an entire Black History Month. I wasn't that that ignorant. So. <laughs> it's all good, man. <laughs> back to so, back to white guy uh, on the podcast. We'll get back to ignorant. I don't know. I I I feel a little intimidated, mainly because in, uh, Blessing was on the show last, and and that guy, man. He, he's an inspiration so. both you guys are like right there man i'm telling you, you guys are awesome anyway yeah. so yeah so i wanted to go back to super metroid. super metroid so the thing is um with super metroid specifically um i, I talked about aliens being my favorite film franchise mm-hmm. um and at that time the time i played super metroid which when uh it first came out essentially um i couldn't put into words why i liked the movie aliens right i just knew i liked it so it wasn't really until I played Super Metroid for the first time and realized why I like that movie and what why I like video games in general. So mm-hmm. or the, the video games that I like because uh, one of the things that Super Metroid does very well is atmospheric storytelling. Basically, being able to tell you its story without any dialogue, uh, just through the environment, through the sound design, through the music design, through the enemy design, um, through the, the way the the way Samus acts and sort of proceeds through the environment mm-hmm. so a lot of in a lot of ways it all sort of clicked basically when i got halfway through the game so there's a point for anyone who's played super metroid before they they'll know this part when you go to the red soil area of brinstar for the very first time there's this really atmospheric um melody that plays and basically i used to go to that area and just sit there and just listen to the music over and over again because that was back before the internet existed you couldn't just look up the song or anything like that mm-hmm. So I would go and sit in that area and, and, and it just one day it just clicked. Like I was like, oh, I love this game because I love the music and I love 
the the enemy design and I love the level design. I love the way that this looks and feels. I love how it feels like I'm isolated, like I'm alone, mm-hmm. sort of on this planet. And if and if I don't do something about this problem, no one else is. Yeah, and and that's going back to the alien movies. That's what's great about those movies too is that you, um, against all odds, uh, the the Sigourney Weaver is able to get through those impossible situations. Mm-hmm. And and if it does the 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 movies do a great job of sort of. Uh, telling you so much more about the alien lore without having ha- having to overexplain everything, like and even just seeing the Nostromo for the very first time, the 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 ship, um, mm-hmm. and seeing like uh, basically the insides of the ship itself, um, everything from the table to the like the tables or locker rooms and things like that. Like it just it tells so much about the story of that that ship than somewhat than a narrator could tell you. Mm-hmm. And there's something about space that like locks in this uh, against all odds kind of thing. Like the, I feel like it's unmatched actually, and it actually kind yeah. of relates to the sweater that you're wearing as well, which is what I like. I think Bioware is uh, is among the best, if not the best, at putting the player up against something that you can't win. Like it's the yeah. no win situation of like the Reapers are like, how the heck are you going to beat the Reapers? There's no yeah. way. Yeah, and, and, and especially and after the, like after Mass Effect two. Like, you better believe, like, I was like, how are they going to approach you fighting the Reapers in the third game? Mm-hmm. I have no idea how they were going to pull that off. Mm-hmm. And it's similar to the Blight in Dragon Age Origins. And I love, I guess that's the, that's the carryover, like fantasy as well. Fantasy and sci-fi, maybe there's, maybe it's just Bioware. I don't yeah. know. That was definitely what I was good. missing in, problem. I was missing that in, um, in Andromeda. Although maybe I didn't get far enough to really get there. No, you didn't miss it. Yeah. <laughs> By spoiler the way, Andromeda, you don't yeah, why don't you go ahead and give, you guys get, you plug, plug the spoiler cast. Yeah, so on, on Game Moose, uh, we did a spoiler cast for uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. It is known as Game Moose Side Ops Episode 2, which again, you can find on our website, game-moose.com, or podcast services around the globe. Dude, do more of the side ops stuff. I think that's the answer of trying to yeah. find that balance of uh, of too much and all the other things. Because you, like, you should still continue to play the games. I'm not trying to convince you to, to walk mm-hmm. away from any of that. Before I let you go, and, and we can tell everybody where to find you on the internet, I did want to touch back to, you mentioned that you were streaming every single day, Monday to Friday, for like eight months. I've talked to yeah. you a little bit about like on-ramps, of getting involved in StarCraft and Magic the Gathering. Talk to me about the off-ramp. This is obviously something that's top of mind for, for me, as Bobby has walked away from, from podcasting, um, at least for the time being. I, I never, mm-hmm. I'll never say never, but... What was it? It never say never uh, that you're never coming back. Um, what was that decision like for you to walk away from something that was so entrenched in your lifestyle? Well, for me, it was actually after hearing Bobby's situation. It felt that I felt what like from him what I felt at that time. Yeah, where it was very much uh, I was stressed out. I was not a, not a very fun person to be around at that time. Yeah, um, I was fight. I was fighting depression, and I mean, I've been fighting depression a lot of my during a lot of my adult life, but mm-hmm. especially then, like I was really sort of at my low, lowest, one of my lowest points. Yeah, forever. And uh, and yeah, I mean, that was the main reason to walk away. And it wasn't just a forever thing. It was more with that type of situation. It was more. I just needed to change the structure, like the structure that I had wasn't working for me. Right for my lifestyle. Like I needed to take a step back and sort of figure out the best way way to do things, um, and just what I was doing before wasn't worth it. Now, mind you, that was also before we were doing content for the website mm-hmm. um, and doing reviews and other things like that, going to events and, and whatnot. So that was mostly just me trying to 
again, do my own thing because I was passionate about that. Because yep. I love playing games, especially on camera. Because I, again, I finished so many games on on camera. Some of them even for the first time, like the very first time I beat the original Legend of Zelda, was on camera. Like oh, I that's awesome. To finish. Yeah. Like, it, but that was something I had never ever done before, mm-hmm. and it was such a special moment for me. Whereas, uh, so I always do. That's one of the things I really like about streaming. Um, and that's what, like, the angle I probably will take in the future mm-hmm. is rather than doing, like, pre-canned content like that, just take, taking a day or two that I feel like streaming and just do that. Yeah. Because, uh, like, there's something about the the passion that you're, like, getting, you're getting that um, that reward, intrinsic reward of creating something and enjoying what you're creating. And then all of a sudden that thing turns against you. Yeah. Where, sure. like, and why it, is this a source of stress for me? Was this is supposed to be fun? And it has completely mm-hmm. turned around and stabbed me in the face. Yeah. And part of it is to, uh, and I think um, this is for me personally, is that I do create like that type of creation stuff at my job mm-hmm. and at home, mm-hmm. like uh, doing that. And so, I mean, I feel like the combination of doing that much creation was sort of what broke the camel's back, essentially. Right. Um, it's too much again, of a good thing. Yeah, exactly. Too and much I mean, cream. I was doing, it was a lot more manageable when I was doing it every couple of days. Yeah. But yeah, like uh, one, like five videos a week was, was too much. Yeah. Especially no for, for creating like that. But I mean, I've always, always, always loved doing creative stuff. I mean, that was the whole reason I went into a creative field to begin mm-hmm. with. Cause I mean, I've always uh, been uh, someone who has always wanted to be in, in like video production or content creation or something like that. Ever since I was really little, like I was five or six years old that's when i really wanted to get into it and i was influenced over the years by people like uh adam sessler and victor lucas yep. and greg miller and so many other people that i that i just don't have time to name and that mm-hmm. was the main reason i got went into my profession yep um was sort of their inspiration and likewise when i create content i always want to t- approach it in the way that i want to create content so then maybe i can inspire someone else to also be creative mm-hmm. and do their own thing kind of like the way i was inspired yeah man so, yeah, so that's that's why I put as much as I can into the podcast and everything else that that we create over our game moves for sure for that reason. Um, and and again, I will probably I will I can't think of a, a situation where I'll ever start stop creating things. Yeah, it just might be the the workload is sort of where the problem lies. Yeah, no doubt, man. Well, I hope you guys continue on. How many episodes have you done of, of Game Moose? Uh, one hundred and fifteen. I hope you do 1,015 <laughs> more episodes. I, I absolutely love it. Well, I mean, I would understand so if you stop before then. Uh, I'm just trying to say that I like it. I like it quite a lot. Um, why don't you uh, go ahead and tell people where to find it and where to find you on the on the internet? I always love when people let guests know that they enjoy their time. So I want to make sure that we get yours nice and yeah. clear. Of course. So you can find uh, our website, game-moose.com. Yes, it has a dash in the middle because... You know, that's just how we do things. Um, we have reviews, uh, previews. Uh, the podcast is there as well as any many other things in the future. Uh, so look out for that. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Turford. That's T-U-R-F-O-R-D. But you can just copy paste my name from the spelling of this video if you want. <laughs> uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Game underscore Moose underscore Cast. And on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Game Moose Podcast. And podcast services around the globe. I'm really looking forward to somebody saying, you know what, just Google it. Just yeah, that would that, be a really See, fun answer. See, that's the problem though, because if you Google game moose, the Manitoba moose comes up instead. Oh, so, but that's when you—that's a—that's a milestone for you guys to hit. As soon as you, as soon as you supersede the Manitoba moose, come on, guys, let's get let's get a little bit more traffic over true. there. And get them taken I mean, over. Our this. SEO rating, Sean, is, is not good enough. What league is that even? Oh, that's uh, the WHL, Western Hockey League. Yeah, 
Yeah, I guess I just don't think of that as Western. Like Come west on, of a, just west, west of Ontario. Is that the whole deal? Like league. anything like west of the because you have your own league. Yeah, we have yeah. the OHL. Yeah, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah, because the Western Hockey League is everything <laughs> west of Ontario. Exactly. Then there's yeah. the Quebec League, which yeah. is uh, Quebec, and then everything east of Quebec. Yeah, that that one has about as many letters as PUBG, Elemental P, and sometimes <laughs> Y. Jesus Christ. Good times. Ryan, thank you so much for being on the show, dude. This was this was an absolute blast, and this was short notice, so I appreciate you being on hey, here. Thank you for having me. Again, This I listen to the show every week, Sean. You do an amazing job, and this has been a blast, man. We'll have to do it again sometime. I can't wait. I was, you took the words out of my mouth. I can't wait to do it again, dude. Okay, remember when we talked at the beginning? I hadn't talked to Ryan then. I just talked to Ryan. We just said goodbye. He sent me his MP3, so that's why it sounds so nice. He did a nice local recording. That doesn't always happen, so thank you to Ryan. What? That is exactly what I needed tonight. I hope it's exactly what you guys needed today. Just a good old nerd talk. Like, just just dive right deep into the depths of nerdum. Thank you so much, Ryan. I can't. I, I mean it. I can't wait to have you back on. We need to we need to chat more. That was so much fun. Ryan Turford, of course, at Ryan Turford, T-U-R-F-O-R-D on the Twitter. Game underscore moose underscore cast. If you liked even just a little bit of that, go check that out if you haven't already. Uh, wholeheartedly Canadian. Unabashedly Canadian. The Game Moose Podcast. I love it. Uh, speaking of great podcasts, I was a guest on the Xbox Empire's PlayStation. PlayStation. I keep seeing PSVG and always think PlayStation something. Play some video games. I was with Nathan Thomas and Donnie Reese. Check that out at playsomevideogames.com. It's a monthly show they're just firing up, and I was lucky enough to be part of the inaugural episode. Is inaugural always first, or is it inaugural when it's an annual? It was the first one. So thank you, Nathan. I was, I just loved, we, we talked about why I got into Xbox to begin with and some great stories there and just what exclusives throughout the ages the original Xbox is 360 and and now uh just kind of remind you guys Xbox always had great games so check that out play play PlayStation again Sean I could do this again but I won't uh play some video games.com thank you guys again follow me on Twitter at Sean Capri Sean like Connery Capri like the pants, I do If We Ran Nintendo, brand new format. If you guys want to be on the show, tweet at me just like this one, um, and we'll get you on. That one, we can have repeating guests. We can mix and match. If you do a show with somebody that you like, let me know. We can pair it up. You bring your own topics, and we'll, we'll give it a go. I'm loving it. And my computer works now, so that's all cool. We have uh, Monday night tonight. It will be live on YouTube.com slash WeTheNerdy. I don't want to say the guest because just in case things change, um, but I, I promise you guys it'll be good stuff. Good stuff. What else do I have to tell you? Just that this video looks so great thanks to our video designer, Antonio Gee, and all the artwork looks so great because of our artists, uh, Gary Gray and Adam Leonard, and this is, of course, powered by the Dayspace Network. Otherwise, this is episode 133 of We The Gamer Cast is now in your ears and in your eyeballs. Thank you again for listening. I'll be back next week. Now it's time for Jason! 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 Jason!
Jason! Jason! Jason! Sean! 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 Jason! 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 Jason!